Welcome to the Christian Foundry Podcast, where iron sharpens... Oh, start it over. I'm not starting it over. Okay. We're just iron. recording it. We're iron, iron sharpens iron. iron. So if you... What <laughs> is just like, coming out there. Just like say, cut, and then give it a second, and then start cut. again. Welcome to the Christian Foundry Podcast, where iron sharpens iron for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, and the edification of cut. Yeah, Christ. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> There's just one. Okay, let's be clear. Christ. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian Foundry Podcast. Cut. You don't have to make a physical motion. Just say cut. I'm not stopping this, this recording. This, this is, is great. This is great B-roll. Do we get a bloopers roll? Absolutely. Oh, yes, a great B-roll. What if each of us get a word? And action. That was pretty awesome. I'm going to have to remember that. <laughs> we all shut up when you do that. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Christian Foundry Podcast, where iron sharpens iron for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, and the edification of the saints. That's how you do it right there. That's how you do it. Is that how you do that it? That was great. All That's right. how you do it. Well, we want to win. Fun fact, Ryan was slurping his coffee all morning, trying to get going, and, and we were going to put that in there. So, Welcome, everybody, to the, this podcast, this channel, and Ryan's Slurpy Coffee. Um, <laughs> this is probably something, guys, that's never, well, it's probably been done, but I don't know how well it's been done. Six people. And we still don't know how well it's going to be done. Right. True. <laughs> Absolutely true. This could be the worst thing that anybody's ever put in their ears or let their eyes see. It could be a time of repentance for some. I don't know. But uh, also, when we're all together and we have guests, which we're going to have guests sitting to my left here in this section, there's a microphone that's just not set up yet. We're going to have all kind of people on the podcast from from what I understand so that's going to be good so I just want to start off by kicking this over to Matt Cooper and just giving us the uh uh he's kind of the brainchild behind what are you laughing at big cheese (laughs) (laughs) we'll introduce y'all to biggie cheese here in just a few minutes (laughs) we'll let him go last (laughs) so uh Matt Cooper's kind of like I said the brainchild behind the podcast and from there it's kind of grown into this so matt why don't you just tell us a bit who you are and why you uh what's your vision behind this well first off it was supposed to be beards and bibles but that was stolen from us by someone else so um we had to rename it and that's why we're at the christian foundry podcast and also, also i also don't have got a beard one guy and, without yeah, a beard we also so, have one yeah, guy without know. a beard so um, so why why the christian <laughs> <laughs> he does have a bible that I'm going to steal. Uh, no, wait a minute. Theft is yeah, thou shalt not steal. Yeah. That's, that's in the law. That's somewhere. in there. Yeah, oh, that's a big one. Fifteen. Repent. Repent. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. Why the, why the Christian Foundry podcast though? What is a foundry? Well, a foundry is where iron is formulated and molded together and sharpened and made for actual usage. And that's what we're going to do here with each other. Um, I'm still really new in my faith, you know, and. Just being around you guys, I have just excelled so much in my relationship with God. And I just, I love being around you guys, you know. Um, it just, it's just so edifying just to be around everyone. I think that maybe be in spite of us, but whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, he's trying to make us cry, yeah, I feel no, like. No, no, I didn't want to do that. kind of you, but. But, you know, the original idea that I had, um, when I was growing up, I was in church. I was in church from zero to 18. And things that were Christian-based, I'm going to start with music, okay? Music, when I was growing up in the Christian, I'm just going to be honest, it was not good. 
it's it's pretty hokey some of it you know like i can remember my mom taking me to go get carmen's riot cd you remember that does anybody remember riot i remember carmen but i don't <laughs> oh no riot stood for righteous invasion of truth no one Only remembers carmen that i know was from south park carmen not <laughs> oh, carmen sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yep. What was that? Mark 118? Was that what we said earlier? 115. Sorry. So we're going to be one less after this <laughs> after this week's episode. We're going to have five. But it was just so hokey, you know. Riot stood for Righteous Invasion of Truth. And he had a whole music video thing set up. And, I mean, it was such cheese. Just blatant Michael Jackson ripoff stuff. And that just never connected with me. That's not – it just doesn't seem real. And I wanted to do something that was real. Yeah. And this is real. You know? Hey, man. I kind of hope that's what, what it would be, is kind of like a real life, who we are, what we ultimately will talk about, what we struggle with, what we deal with on a, a regular basis. Maybe we'll talk ministry. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk ministry. We'll talk real life, real people, real situations, and, and try to talk through it together and maybe help other people along the way yeah. about how to best bring God glory. and. Again, like we, we say we're doing here is exalting Christ and edifying one another. So I hope that's what ends up happening is not only are we edified, but all the men and women, boys and girls that are listening as well, if they haven't checked out already, uh, that they are <laughs> that they're edified as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, you know, this, um, I believe, you know, the ultimate goal is, is that, you know, to reach people and, you know, just to be raw and real with them and, you know, Help them to understand that, you know, uh, there is true peace that can be found in Christ and Christ alone. You know, uh, we never know who's going to hear this or, you know, whatever. So we can just take our life experiences and, and really, you know, share that. So Absolutely. That's right. So I'm thinking about foundry where iron is made. Now, I've seen on TV and things like this um, where it gets – to really sharpen iron and for, for anything to be forged, it has to get really hot, right? And then, and then you have to beat it into shape sometimes. I think of a horseshoe. You guys have probably heard me say this example sometimes. But, but as we think about edifying one another, we also think, on the other hand, and sharpening one another, that life is difficult. And sometimes it feels like we're going through the quote-unquote fire, uh, the trials of life. But also we have to think about it just doesn't stop with the heat of the world. Sometimes it feels like we're being beaten, right? Mm -hmm. But as we think about our lives as Christians, we're being molded and formed into the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that is what we ultimately want to point people to through this is that it's not all about us and all the things that we're going through in life. It's for a reason as believers. So we're just being molded and formed and conformed to the image of Christ. So I really hope that people take that away as well. And ultimately, you know, when we're, uh, in when we're being sanctified, when we're being changed, change doesn't come naturally. Change comes uh, as a result of something typically, you know. So there's, there's got to be something that has caused us to, to change. And so when, when God is sanctifying me, uh, sometimes he has to beat me around a little bit to, to do that. Uh, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty stubborn. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's, not, uh, it's not an easy process all the time. It can be. Um, you know, change can come from experiences, not necessarily my experiences. Um, they can come from other people's experiences. That's kind of the easier way to change, see other people's experiences and change from them. But, you know, 
when it when it's deep change that needs to happen in my life it's not going to be easy it's going to take heat it's going to take a hammer and uh you know sometimes uh, i need to pay more attention to to what's being said to me um so i i'm excited to get to sit and and really sharpen that edge with you guys um i think it's gonna be a lot of fun i just go back and think of james and trials producing steadfastness Yep, and, I, and it sounds like you said we're kind of stubborn too. Sometimes we need to be beat around and and drug around a bit to see this sanctification process you know, I happen. Think, I think anybody can can say that about themselves, right? We we ought to. Um, we ought to recognize that there are we have our blind spots. We have our, our places where we just we don't want change. Biggie Cheese, you over there laughing? What's going on? You well, don't I, think you're part of this group? I was looking at Biggie Cheese. I'm not stubborn. Are you stubborn? Not not oh, really. Okay. Uh, I didn't think we were. He'd disagree, though. <laughs> here comes the hammer. Here comes the hammer. <laughs> I'm going to hold my comments right now about Biggie Cheese. And y'all are going to get to meet Biggie Cheese here in just a minute. We won't always call him that, but... Uh, Some of us won't. Most of we us. Might, we might from now on, to we be We might from now on. So we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there in just a minute. So... Uh, why don't we do this, guys? Matt, you've already kind of kicked us off. Why don't you tell us, uh, you've kind of told us a little bit about who you are. Why don't you tell us your testimony in general and how you got here and, and as for, for our listeners and the ones watching on YouTube. Uh, we are all part of South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I'm, uh, I, my personally, am the preaching pastor, and we have another elder with us here uh, that you'll meet, Justin Shipley. And then we've got a deacon and, and some other folks here, but uh, two deacons. Uh, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll meet everybody, but let's just start off, Matt, since you're the brainchild behind this. Give us your testimony. I think, it, I think it's going to be good for people to listen to. If they're going to listen to us, they need to know who we are. And I think if they're going to listen to a Christian podcast, they need to know that we are truly in Christ as believers. So. Uh, we're going to just spend some time on this first episode. Just, uh, just, it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. You know, if you've ever been in those church services where somebody gets up and talks and they're, you're like, okay, that's it. We get it. You, you woke up this morning. Well, I was <laughs> born on October 17th, 1985. It was a cold, cold afternoon. Hold up. 85? 85. I'm older than you. Yeah, just a little. What, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean exactly? I, mean, I really thought that... Uh, how old are you? You're older than I'm I am. I'm the old guy, yeah. I'm, you're the old guy, too. I'm 41. And oh, you're, I'm not the old guy. <laughs> Ryan's the old guy. <laughs> okay, well, all right, well, uh, you're younger than I am, Matt. <laughs> That's why it requires so much coffee to feel this guy. <laughs> That's what you meant by that. Just, I'm, I'm just younger than you. Yeah. Yep. You look younger than me. I'll just say that. You I don't, don't think as, that's what that was meant. You don't have <laughs> as much gray as I do. No, I don't. I don't. And we're going to have to change our seating arrangements around here. We're going to keep Biggie Cheese to the couch. Right <laughs> well, like I said, I grew up in church from zero to 18. Um, I thought I was saved at the age of 12 at church camp. Um, you guys want to hear a real embarrassing story? Yes. Oh, yes. This kills me. I think about this still to this day. At church camp, they used to have like these Bible quiz things, and they would call people up to the front, you know, to answer questions. Well, I watched a lot of Saturday Night Live when I was younger, and for some reason, I saw them pull the old, uh, I got up there at a Baptist church camp. Hold on. The ones listening on audio don't know what you just yeah, did. Well, uh, what is it called? I don't even know what it's uh, called. Uh, 
sign of the cross? From a former Catholic, the sign of the cross, we'll get into that. Okay. Well, I did the sign of the cross without any acknowledgement of what it meant or anything. Right as I was coming up to answer the question <laughs> at a Baptist <laughs> church camp at Cedar Ridge over in, uh, where is that, Hardy? Near there? Yeah, near there. Yeah. Man, that embarrasses me still to this day because I had to go have like an hour-long meeting with my pastor when we got back. He's like, you know what that, I'm like, no, I thought I was just being funny, you know, I just, I, I thought it, I thought God was with me, you know, so. Um, but like a lot of people, I just didn't want to go to hell. That's all it was. I was just scared of hell. It sounded awful and it is awful, but that's not the reason you get saved. And I was just kind of strong armed into that. And so after high school, going off to college, you start hanging out with new people. You start meeting all these different kinds of people and I'm not in church at this time. I'm just doing my studies and, you know, you start remaking what you thought you knew and you start doing this whole, your own image of the world thing. And, you know, it's like, well, this guy, you know, he, he doesn't seem that bad. You know, he, he may smoke a little weed, you know, it can't be too bad that he's not hurting anybody or this girl over there. She's gay, but she's, she's really nice. And she does, you know, a lot of good things for people. So does God really hate gay people? You know, does, is that really that much of a sin? Um, you know, ah, nah, okay. And you start making all these things and I clearly remember this group coming, you guys know who the Westboro Baptist Church is and what the kind of yes. stuff that they do. Well, we had a group that was really similar to that, right? And they came to the campus and they had pictures of aborted babies and had all these signs and stuff that said, if you're a sinner, if you do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, you know. And they would just, everybody that walked by the student center, they would just shout stuff at them just to get you know, a reaction. What I'd always heard was that they were just insurance agents that were wanting to get hit so they could sue the school and sue the person, you know. I don't know how true that is or not, but I remember walking by and for some reason, <laughs> this is bad, this is bad. They said, if you masturbate, you're going to hell, right? Or, and it was something, something to the effect of like, something like that and I <laughs> and I said well if he kills kittens too you better not come to my thing or call Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> and get those kittens saved you know you know what I'm talking about In you remember that yes e exactly angel. and I got a lot of laughs ha ha everybody thought it was funny and I just walked on I'm like man look at this Christian stuff it's just they just they're just hateful people and around that time, I, I finished my undergrad study. I went back to Jonesboro for my master's degree. I met my wife, um, and we moved in together, and we weren't married. And during this time, somehow, my former church back home found out about that. And instead of coming to me and talking to me, now listen, I'm admitting I was fully in sin, right? I no bones about it. That was wrong. Shouldn't have done it that way. But instead of coming to me and talking to me about it, which I hadn't had any contact with my former church and I don't know how long at this point, four years at least, because I'd been gone for four years. They sent a letter of excommunication to me. 
And if I wanted to come and combat that and, you know, all this stuff, no, no way. I don't even care anymore. As a matter of fact, I'm not stepping foot in a church again, ever. And that was it. At that point, I was done. And so a few years pass. And it's, it's funny looking back at how God works, you know, because my wife started working with Chandler. He's a guy that goes to our church. And he was always like, hey, y'all should come to church. Come check this out. My, my church preaches the Bible, nothing but the truth. I, you know, and I was like, OK, here we go. Lip service. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just ignored it. You know, Sundays were dedicated to the NFL and beer. That's what Sundays were for me. And Kim was the first to start coming to church. She started bringing the kids. And we kind of got in a, a few tiffs, you know, but I thought, well, I was a fairly okay kid. I didn't stay in a lot of trouble, you know. It teaches some good morals at times, so maybe it's not so bad. I'm not going to balk and throw a big fit about it. Um, but she just kept nagging me and nagging me and nagging me. And I finally said one Sunday, I said, listen, if you will shut up about this, I will go one Sunday and see what it's like. I'll see what it's like, and that's it. Is that good enough? That's perfect. Okay. And so I come here that Sunday, and I already had all the stereotypes right here. Every one of you that I saw, I already had you labeled as something, right? But there was something about it. It seemed different. And so in the back of my mind, I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'll come back. It wasn't that bad, you know. He, you know. Keep the wife yeah, keep the wife happy. Stephen's an okay talker, you know. <laughs> and so I come back, and I keep coming back. And I keep coming back. You know. Justin's not such a bad guy. He likes some of the music and different things that I like. You know, I like hanging out with him. Uh, Joe seems pretty funny, you know. Maybe I'll keep coming back. Wow, that Craig guy, he's pretty nice. That's another guy at our church who's not here. Um, man, he's, he's, he's really nice, you know. I'll, I'll keep coming back. And it, the Lord just, he had his hold on me, you know. He was just starting. And I'll always remember this message. You were up, and this was leading towards the end, the closing of the message that day, and you were talking about people that had been kicked out of churches, and you had said that those people that had been kicked out of the churches, you wanted them in your church. That was me. I was there. And right there in that seat, I almost said pew, but there ain't no pews here. That was the seat. I asked Jesus to forgive me, and I repented of my sins, and I accepted Christ. For real. And now here I am yapping with you guys. Praise God. Yeah. And you've been teaching some. Yeah. And growing, and we've, we've seen that. We've witnessed that. I just want to interject a little bit because I want to back up to when um, when Kim came, bef before you were coming with her and bringing the kids. Um, I remember that. You know, I remember Chandler being very excited because somebody that he worked with it was going to come. And, and, she had two little kids that were great, and she had a husband that really didn't want to have anything to do with church, but we wanted to, you know, minister to her and this and that. And I remember starting to pray for you then in small groups. 
And see, it, I had pumped up this. I'm not going to cry this time because every time I talk about this, when I was up there, I started crying, and now I'm starting getting teary eyed <laughs> here. But no, it it it, it just kind of you know it it goes to talk to to show um the effectiveness of of prayer um you know we're we're begging god to change your heart before we knew you and that's not that's not because of who we are it's because of who he is you know we it, it was he laid that on a lot of people's heart to do that and and you know to make you feel welcome when you did come um and and by the by the time you did come you know we'd grown to love your wife and love your kids and we just wanted you to be part of that you know and um and and the praying didn't stop you know um which is a really a beautiful thing um do we fail at that sometimes yeah absolutely we do um but you know we're doing our best to to make that uh, a forefront in in what we do here is is praying for people um and even people that we haven't met yet you know um like like Stephen said, I want those people here. If you feel you've been rejected by a church, come here. We're not going to accept your sin, yeah. but we're going to accept you, and we're going to show you your sin, and, and we're going to pray every day that God shows you your sin and your need for him and changes your heart. And so that's, you know, that's what happened. And, and you know, it's a success story, right? Um, and... and we we do everything we can to to point the glory to God in that situation because it was all Him. Only He yeah. can do that. Yeah. So, that's right. Beautiful thing. Yep. See if y'all can top that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it got deep. It got heavy in here, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. I have one word. Cut. That's that's over. We can't top that. No, no. <laughs> listen, listen. Actually. I think everybody can be right there equally because anytime that God saves anyone, sure. yeah. it's Absolute. a beautiful thing. Yeah. So all these stories will be a 10 out of 10 because of the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and not because of the, you know, person, uh, involved and in anything that they did. It was, you know, it's ultimately God who changes people. And that's, that's just powerful, you know? And I think he drug me through a lot of that because I am kind of cynical at times. That's still a fault I have. That's, you know, but I needed to see that this is real. Right. And I think that's why it took so long. I don't know. I can't speak for the will of God. You know, secret things belong to the Lord. But just looking back and just kind of knowing how I am, I think that's why some of that happened. I needed all of those experiences that when I finally accepted Christ, that it was real. It was legit. It wasn't just scared of going to hell. That's right. So you would say God is sovereign in all things, Mm, Yeah. right? Which means he is supreme. He is ultimately in control. And you can look back on your life and see how he moved you to where you came to a place where you repented of your sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He accepted me. I didn't accept him. There you go. We get into that later. Isn't it funny how he used, in your case, he used your wife and kids coming here. Yeah. And and Chandler, someone way later in life that I had never met. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the the career paths that we took, because she would have never met him if she didn't become an OT. I mean, there's just. Yeah. the, the, The sovereignty in that and getting all of the things to line up is absolutely incredible. And it should. I mean, it, it drives us to our knees in just awe of God. Like you put all these things together, um, and and I'll I'll just riff off of that as far as as my testimony. Um, 
I grew up in church. I grew up, um, you know, my family went to church regularly. Um, my, my parents were Christians. I knew it. I knew it without a shadow of a doubt. My grandparents, you know, we knew the Lord in my family. That doesn't mean I was saved. Right. Um, but I, I'm one that sometimes I, I, I look at my testimony and, and I start to get down a little bit and just like, well, it's not really exciting, but it is. I was about 12 years old in, in church and, and sitting, I, I think it was a Sunday night service actually, but sitting, you know, kind of in the back of the church as you do as a preteen and, um, man, I just, I just knew something was different. I knew he was talking to me. I knew what was being preached was directed at me and that, um, that he could change who I was. I didn't have to be. Now, does this mean from there on I didn't sin? Absolutely not. Um, those that knew me in, in college and, uh, and even after and even today will tell you I still fail. But I, I'm the, the um, personification of, of the scripture that tells us if you raise up kids that they will return, you know, that, that uh, well, no, just just raise up children in the in the word, train up a child as like, uh, yeah, and, and that happened in my life, and, and I'm so thankful that I didn't have to go through a lot of the trials that I've seen others have to go through um, to get to where they are. Um, my path was different. Um, doesn't mean I'm saved because my mom and daddy were saved. Absolutely not. I still, I still had to have my heart changed. Um, it just happened early on for me, and I'm fortunate for that. And so was baptized in that church. Um, haven't always um, chased after God the way that I should. Um, but as I've grown over the years, and, and I've been in this church, I'm I'm OG here in, in this group because <laughs> I was trying to think when I started coming to this church, and I think it was 1998 or 99. So, you know, been here a minute. I've uh, seen a lot of changes. Um, seen people come go seen a lot of growth and a lot of people um a handful that were here then are still here then chandler being one of them um but man the amount of growth that i've seen uh personally just it's been unbelievable and i've i've you know been honored to to serve this church and be a deacon for a long time and then was asked to to step into the role as elder and um that's something i never imagined whatever happened in my life um, absolutely no, I can't do that. Would have been my, uh, would have been my answer to, to anyone asking, except that I could see where God was lining things up in my life at the time, including giving me a completely different job so that I would be around to, to meet the commitments that I had. I could see it all falling into place all at once. And it was incredible. And so, yeah, this is, you know, there, there's only one reason for this. This is because this is God's will, and this is what He wants me to do. So, I'll step into this role. And now, again, I fail miserably at it often. Um, but this church has helped me grow in that role uh, incredibly, and you guys have sharpened me and, and pushed me for that. And I, but but again, it all came back to. Um, uh, let me step back just just a little bit. My family moved from Northern Illinois, where we were. I said in church, we were regular and and 
my parents believed in service. They were in the church doing things. They were teaching. They were doing all the things that, that they should do. But we moved to Arkansas, um, be closer to family and things like that, when I was going into third grade. And at, what, eight years old? Built a house. And in the process of that, didn't know anyone here, didn't know any churches here. Didn't go to church for a few weeks. A few weeks became a few months. A few months became a few years. You know, now we're talking 10, 11 years old, a couple years, you know, after, after we had moved. And um, I was at a baseball game, I think, or baseball practice. And, and someone invited me to go to a vacation Bible school. And actually, some of you guys have met him, uh, David Coy, an old friend. David invited me. Yeah, super guy. Invited me to go to a uh, vacation Bible school with him at, at a church in Brooklyn. And I did. And I loved it. I had so much fun that my parents kind of got convicted. And they were like, hey, you know, we haven't been going to church. We need to find a church. Here's a place to start. This may not be the church we end up at, but let's go here. We went there, ended up joining that church and being there for several years um, and, uh, and growing. And that's where, you know, God brought me to himself in that church. Why? Because David Coy asked me to go to VBS. And again, you talk about getting choked up. I, I always get choked up when I tell the story because, you know, his um, just faithfulness and asking me to come as a 13-year-old or not, I don't even know if he was that old, probably, yeah, 11, 12, 13-year-old, hey, come to VBS with me. My whole family got back into church because of that. I got saved. My sister got baptized. It was, you know, all because one kid asked me to church. He used your children to bring you here. He used one kid to bring me back. It's incredible. And, and again, looking back, just seeing everything dovetail into place and be be perfected to, to put me where he wanted me when he wanted me there. Un unbelievable. And, you know, that kind of helps me to, like, when I'm witnessing to people at work, I used to think, all right, I've got to have this proper speech set up. I've got to have this thing just right, or I'm going to fail this person. Nah, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. No matter what I say, God can use it any way. They may not listen to me at all. But that may start planting the seed. Sure. Five years down the road, they think about this. So that gives me comfort, too. Yeah. Now, we better know the proper things to say, right? We need to make sure yeah, the we, right we message the gets down. out. Yeah. You can't use church, like I was saying in class the other night, you can't use church sign theology, right? We can't tell them, well, you just better get right or get left. Uh, it just doesn't work like that, right? Oh, you're right, it don't. Right. I was getting on eschatology, but y'all just carry on. We'll get to that one. No, yeah. we'll we, to Zach time. Davis, if you're listening, we have a seat prepared for you at the <laughs> yeah. table when yeah. we talk about eschatology. You got a yeah. mic for you and everything. I'll be real quiet that day because I'm still, that's an area that I'm surface level. Hey, we'll get yeah. you there. Yeah. So, Joe, you well, hashtag post mill. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag that post mill. That post mill. Oh, see, yeah. that post I don't even mill. know the hashtag. <laughs> real quick, because you, you threw it over to Matt. And so we know his name, but you didn't introduce yourself. Oh, yeah, you didn't tell yep, us your name. Sorry, my name. Uh, basics here, right? Go back to, <laughs> yeah, my name is Justin Shipley. Um, like I said, Ben, I'm, I'm at this 38 church. years old. I like long walks on the beach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
I do appreciate the 38 years old, but no, I'm not. Um, so security number, credit card. We just talked about how old you are. How old are you? <laughs> I'm younger than this guy. Younger than Grandpa slurping yeah, his coffee. I'm younger than Mr. Coffee what? over What's here. What's that? You say? Yeah. <laughs> I think Grandpa should go next. Yeah. So let's hear it, old man. Okay. Hey. Or, well, Joe, y'all are kind of color coordinated today, by the way. We, might, yeah. we, we play. Well, we, yeah. You every, hey, look at where, look at who you're sitting next to, and who's oh, in your sorry. camera frame. Everyone's color coordinated. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> wow! That is weird. That's, we we did not play. Our that was, our I, feeble minds. And, yeah, we I'm could not, not sure that was ordained. Or I, this I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, I wasn't sure where I was going to sit, so I've got a black T-shirt on in case I was on that side of the table. Is oh, it, I just wore my South Caraway shirt because I just wanted to Is it rude to ask for a refill during the during the podcast? I don't think here? so. Joe's right next to the coffee, so that's his job. You know, I need I need fuel. Yeah. He's got to stay awake. Fuel. P- producer yeah. Joe gets the. Who's going next? Didn't Joe go next? I'll go. Were you about to go, Joe? Yeah, mine. As you step away from the mic, I'm going to ask you questions. This is great radio. You, you know, yeah. Great radio, guys. Yeah, if Joe wants to go, that's fine, because I, I do need that's a nap That's why we got the video portion, too. <laughs> I need a, a nap to gear up for my afternoon nap. <laughs> hey, Joe. Don't Thanks, sit down, Joe. brother. You're the best. This is going to be one of those days that's perfect for a, a nice afternoon nap. You, too, Mason. Yeah, hey, yeah. You, you're, you just came from work, right? Yeah, yeah. Eight hours. Well, you still have some other stuff to do today before you go home, yeah, right? Yeah, I need to hug this table. I ain't going to lie to you. If you watched Stephen's sermons last week, you'd understand that. <laughs> Wouldn't you be under the table? Absolutely. Now he's okay. at the head of the table. Well, I tell you what, guys. Let's kick it on over to uh, Joe and, and make sure that – is that coffee in the frame? Coffee's not in the frame. Okay, because I'm going to get me and Biggie Cheese here a refill. Yeah, you're, you're, you are the bomb. Uh, but, uh, but when we run out of coffee, we have to close down the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's, that signifies the end. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to tell us who you are. Yeah, so my name is Joe Albersman. The crazy thing is Justin's story blended well into Matt's, and mine blends well into Justin's. Uh, so I really, to be completely honest, I can divide my life up into three sections um, in about nine to ten year stints. So the first nine years of my life, I grew up in the first 18 years, so two-thirds, I grew up in the Catholic church. Um, the first nine years, I was just like every other nine-year-old kid. I was just going to church because my parents drove me there, and um, I didn't pay attention. I was just there hanging out with my cousins, and we would we'd sit in like the floors where the pews were and just color and hang out and do stupid stuff, imagine, whatnot. And then you get yanked up out of the floor whenever it was time for us to go do something like when we had to either stand up or walk or pray or something um and that's a lot right aren't you always standing up and sitting down in the Catholic church it is a workout okay it is a workout lots of squats (laughs) that's why i think my legs are so strong Uh, (laughs) it's always leg day there's a story behind that but we'll get to that later uh anyways so that's kind of like the first nine years of my life the second nine years leads up to um salvation up to 18 so from about 10 years old to 18, I didn't care about the things of God. I really didn't want to be in church. I didn't want any part of it. I slept through church most of the time when my dad would take me. Um, and honestly, around this time or the early years, something big happened. My parents got divorced, and that was kind of a world changer for me because um, I moved entirely. My mom relocated me and my sister to Arkansas. I grew up in uh, northwest Mississippi in DeSoto County. And when I moved to Arkansas, it just was very different. Like I went from a public or I went from a private school, private Catholic school to public school. It was a very big change. Um, got a lot, introduced to a lot of different things. And I just did not care for the things of God. Um, and 
when I was seven, no, 16, when I was a junior in high school, I moved to hot springs for a little bit. I went to the math and science school in hot springs. I got introduced to a lot of new concepts. Turns um, out Joe's actually really smart. Yeah. Shh, don't uh, tell anyone. Some people you would never know if you met me in person. Um, but I went to the math and science school in hot springs and I was there for a little while and I got introduced to a lot of new concepts. Um, new ideas and stuff like that. And I really, I, I've, if I hadn't left there, I might've walked away an atheist. There's a strong possibility of that. Um, but I left and went back. And then, uh, when I was 18, I was a senior in high school. I moved to Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is where South Caraway is. And life changed drastically from there. Um, started dating a girl, awful relationship. We all have those stories, but after we broke up, one of my close friends who I developed over time, he was a believer. Uh, his name was Garrett. Garrett invited me to a D now at his church. I had no idea what a D now was. I was just like, let me get something. Let me do something this weekend. That's going to get my mind off this. Cause it's just been plaguing me. I was just like, let me go just do something else. Can you tell me what a D now is? Cause I still have no idea. It's a discipleship. Now that's the D okay. now part. It's okay. basically a mini church camp that happens over a weekend at a church and you can, sometimes it's just a church by itself. And sometimes it's multiple churches. They get together and do something. Oh, okay. So it, it just kind of depends on uh, where you're at and where Did you're everybody located. else know that except me. I never heard of it. Thank you. Mason. Oh, okay. <laughs> big cheese. <laughs> the big cheese. So he invited me to that. And that's where I met a lot of my friends from college. Um, uh, they really poured into me. It was, I created a whole new group of friends that I never knew existed. And some of them I even went to school with. Um, and while we were there, I started to learn about God, really learn about God, um, at a surface level, but it was still, I was learning. Um, I did have a lot of questions lingering from when I was a kid. Cause I was always, I was the, I was that why kid. I always want to know why I've always wanted to know how things work. So I would always question scripture and things about God. And I never got conclusive answers when I was younger. And that's part of the reason why I walked away from it. It was like, well, if the people who were supposed to know can't give me answers, there's probably not an answer. So what this isn't for me. And I started getting answers over time. Uh, and this was a process. This happened in March. I didn't get saved until June, like first or second week of June. Um, we had a week long thing for the summer. I think it was, I believe it was called strive, um, where the youth pastor shared the gospel on a regular basis, just because there, there were kids coming in left and right. Just people I'd never seen before. And I'd been there for three months. Um, and that was when things started to really click because kind of similar to Justin, one person invited me to church and I kept going back because of the friends I made. And the people that kept me there also similar to Matt. And as I developed those friends, they shared the gospel with me as well and taught me things and answered questions. And then the Lord really started to work on me, really started to do a number on me. I remember sitting in the youth room, things were over. I sat by my, I was, I hadn't gotten up and I was too busy thinking internally because the Lord was dealing with me. And I got up and talked to the youth pastor. I was like, Hey, I need to, I need to know about the, I need to know about Jesus. And we started talking and right there on the spot, God got a hold of me, turned my life upside down because the Lord knows without him, without that, without Garrett interceding or using, without God using Garrett as a vehicle to intercede in my life, I don't know where I'd be. I would not be here. I can tell you that. 
um, there's a strong possibility that I would move back home and I would have, I'd probably have like four kids by now, about three girls, who knows. Um, That's pretty exact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like I could, it's like I would know myself really well. Um, but there's no telling what my life would look like, but it wouldn't be as good as it is now. You know, you would have been a dangerous atheist. Really? With as smart as you are? <laughs> really? Because I was a dumb atheist. I was just like, God's not real because I don't feel like it. <laughs> uh, you would have known books. You would have been a studier. In light of Romans chapter 1, are there truly atheists? Mm. Uh, we'll save that for later. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to right. throw Mark that Mark that there. down on the topics list. We'll get to that one for sure. Well, it's recorded, so yeah. That, yeah. there's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so, yeah, the Lord, the Lord dealt business with me. And unfortunately, um, I didn't live up to my calling the first few years. It was, we had this actually goes into what we talked about at breakfast the other day, yesterday. Um, the old man was still shackled to me and I didn't let go of it, but I could tell I was changed because my mindset was changed. My hunger for things was different. My hunger for the things of the Lord, what exists, it actually existed for once in my life. Um, but the old man had not been unshackled from me just yet. Um, and that came down the road, but I worked at church camps for the first three years of my, uh, my college life. And after I came back from my first one, I had a feeling that I needed to be involved in ministry. Little did I know that every Christian's called to ministry. That's not something you learn off the bat. Um, but I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm called to ministry. So I, applied for the internship at my church and I was an intern there for two years. The first year I did a lot of administrative work. I didn't learn a whole lot. I wasn't really molded. We're, we're not laughing at you, John. I know you're not. Every we're time Ryan, Ryan sips his coffee, sipping. Mason <laughs> goes Sorry. nuts. Actually, that, that one was not intentional. Sorry. But my second year I got reassigned to someone else, someone that had was, uh, he was off doing his seminary work and then came back to Jonesboro and he taught me theology for once and eventually he moved to a different church and then he asked me before I left for my third summer of camp said hey do you want to come be an intern with me at this church I said let me think about it let me pray on it and as I went through the entire summer and I did not have a conclusive answer I got back to Jonesboro I was like hmm, let me let me think through this and I got a phone call from said person I was calling it's Bill Bill, if you're watching, hi. Uh, he called me. He's like, hey, why don't you come over to this church where I'm at and help me with something? And when I went there, I was helping with a video project because he taught me how to do videography work. And when I was there, I just felt something different. Like there was just something different. It was clear that God was calling me to this church. He made it very evident in that moment that you waited all summer for an answer, and now here's your answer. And he moved me to that church. And in my time there, I learned so much. Uh, Bill and I sat down once a week and for hours and just went through theology. He gave me uh, Wayne Grudem's systematic theology textbook, the real thick one. And he said, this is what we're studying. You need to learn it. And I said, okay. And that's what we did. Um, and over the last five years, my knowledge and understanding of God has grown exponentially. Um, also much in part to the men at this table, um, I've learned a ton about a lot of different things. Um, but it all started like with Justin's story and with Matt's story. It all started with someone, one person being faithful on their call and called me and said, Hey, do you want to go to my church? Do you want to come with me? 
And that's where it all started was one person being faithful and reaching out. Mm. And I think that, that points to, to the, the community of the church and how valuable and how important it is. Um, can you be a Christian and not go to church? The answer is no. Oh, guys. The, that's I've heard a, mixed reviews on this, that's, but my answer will always be no. That's, yeah. that's my the, answer, too. The, the desire to go to church is going to come out of that salvation, right? And, and yeah, for a time, maybe, you can step, you can step away from a church and, and be a saved person, but you will always have a desire to be with other believers, and mm-hmm. when you are with them, you will recognize that God is working through those believers in your life. Last and, week when I was sick, I put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> I was so mad that I had a fever on Saturday because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to come here because I don't want to get anybody sick, you know, especially with everything that's going on now. And I was just talking to my wife about it, and I said, gosh, this is the one thing I look forward to every week. And she's like, that's the only thing you look forward to every week? Going to church? That's it? I said, oh. Is that a bad thing oh, to look I'm forward to? I'm feeling sick in my stomach again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you misheard. I said it's the most important thing that I look yeah, forward to. I, but yeah. <laughs> she knew. She knew. Right. Repent, woman. <laughs> We, we love you, Kim. Yeah. And Matt, I, I do for sure. I'd have to say that, that she was probably smiling pretty big when she she's yeah. thinking about the fact yes, that most you, definitely. you, Matt Cooper, yeah. the, one of the most important things you look forward to every week is something at church. It That's, just, it know. feels awful being away. Yeah. It want, really does. I want to share a small story about Matt real quick. This doesn't actually involve Matt, but it kind of does in a way. So one of the, fir- the first time you ever played guitar on stage here. Oh, okay. Your boy Chuck Harden was in the back standing next to me while I was in the sound booth crying his eyes out because he said that man right there said he would never step foot in a church again and look where he is at. Chuck, I wish he was here. He know. will be one day right we'll here. Have right, right, I'll, be, I'll be stuck between yeah. Chuck and Mason. I don't know if oh, that's... No. <laughs> That's going to be tough. That'll be That's the goofiest be episode we have. <laughs> That'll be the uh, Chasing Rabbits episode. But <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> Love you, Chuck. He, he pulled me aside here one day. Um, I forgot what we were doing. We were doing some kind of food thing because he and I went to get ice. And he just had a big heart-to-heart one-on-one talk with me. And that meant so much because he didn't have to do that. Yeah. He didn't. But And it was so authentic and so real. And that's what I love about this church is authentic, it's real. There's true love between all believers Absolutely, in this yeah. whole mm-hmm. congregation. And we all know that true love sometimes is telling people some of the hardest things that's that you could exactly tell. Right. You're not wrong. You're, yeah. you're not wrong. That's not what wrong. I meant. <laughs> Yeah, you're not just, right. Wait, what? You're really pushing on that I've been up since like 7 p.m. last night. <laughs> That's no excuse. Well, it's only 8.30 p.m. right now. I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's not that time. <laughs> well, you mean no excuse. I'm sorry. If Peepaw over here can tough it out, you can. Hey, I, we're going to get through this. Yeah. Peepaw. We <laughs> we're still going to record two more episodes today. Hey, yeah, I'm down with time, it. Brother. <laughs> so we're kicking on over to Peepaw? Kicking on over to Peepaw. Wake up, Peepaw. That's my testimony. <laughs> no, you know, uh, it's it's so neat to hear everybody's uh, testimony and kind of where they were as a child. You know, as a child, uh, same same thing. Uh, just 
you know, my parents had me in church. Uh, as I grew older, you know, I, I was born in Memphis, and I can remember going to church there in Memphis. And then um, in late 80s, I guess, uh, we picked up and moved to uh, the large metropolis of Grubbs, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And we were living on a dirt road there on a farm, and, man, I just I fell in love with that, you know. And uh, so, but, you know... I, I was a, a wonderful kid, never did anything wrong, obeyed my parents. <clears throat> Sorry, Mom and Dad, I, this, I'm, this I'm, I'm tipping. Yeah, you realize yeah, we yeah. are still. Yeah. So it may be Saturday, but yeah. service is always hold in on, session. Hold on, hold on. Did you introduce yourself? I did not. My name is Mason Stokes. And, I'm <laughs> <laughs> and they call me Bigger Cheese. <laughs> no, my name is Ryan Ivy. And uh, this is, it's just incredible to be sitting here. Uh, with fellow brothers in Christ uh, doing this podcast and it's all because of the grace of God um, you know and we have the opportunity to share our stories and our stories uh, to be clear um, should not focus on us mm -hmm. uh, for sure uh, but you know growing up I was not uh, a very uh, obedient child and uh, you know uh, I always kind of had the feeling of felt like I needed to fit in and I was willing to do whatever it took to do that you know to have friends I always had uh, great friends growing up you know uh, but there was just always something that I was chasing you know I wanted the next best thing to fit into that group or what have you you know so as I grew into a teenager you know I became exposed to alcohol uh, marijuana you know um, whatever drug was crazy at that time you know we were exposed to those things and uh you know alcohol became one uh that really um you know quite frankly i, I enjoyed you know um partaking in in alcohol at parties and things um in my mind it, it would turn me into someone that everybody would love and that's kind of where my desire for alcohol kind of took off there uh, was I always had that desire to fit in throughout high school. You know, I wanted to be the funny guy, the, you know, life of the party, you know, and, and that was always my desire. So just, you know, um, anybody that partakes in alcohol, you know, I mean, if you have that desire, that continued desire, you know, you're never finding that, what you're looking for, you know. Uh, so, you know, I probably started drinking you know, um, in high school, you know, I was probably 16, 17 years old uh, when I first started. And, and, you know, that continued a number of years. It really got bad after I graduated. I was probably around 21, 22, um, you know, got into uh, the bar scene and, um, you know, just really um, hitting it heavy. I love live music. So, you know, that kind of really uh, drew me to the bar scene, um, whether it be, um, you know, to watch a live band or just, you know, having dinner or whatever, I felt like alcohol always needed to be present. And, you know, I didn't feel like I could ever have a good time, you know, or fit in or whatever without alcohol. So, you know, that really continued heavily through throughout my 20s and early 30s. And, uh, boy, when I was, uh, you know, I was around, I was early 30s, probably 34, um, and, you know, it, it really started weighing on me. I was really a heavy drinker and a heavy smoker and just, you know, after years of just chasing that, you know, it was, 
I was just really unsatisfied, you know, with where life was at. And, uh, you know, um, it was a it was a difficult time because I was, you know, I've struggled with depression for a number of years as well. And, you know, the alcohol uh, did not make that any better. It it in turn made it worse uh, because, again, you're searching for that feeling, you know, that new um, great feeling. And, you know. I always say, you know, one was too many and 12 was never enough. You know, uh, when I sat down to have drinks, it was it was on, you know. And uh, whether I was by myself with people, it didn't matter. And I'd come to the point to where I was drinking a lot by myself. So my mind was just racing through, you know, different things, you know, and kind of looking back on my life, like how in the world did I ever turn out like this? I, I had essentially become someone that I never wanted to become. And, you know, I, I could blame it on the alcohol. I could blame it on whatever. But, you know, it was my desire to, you know, I was always searching uh, for that something. So, you know, when I, I, I reached, it was October of uh, 2015. I was 34 years old. And. Um, man, just broken, you know, and just really uh, felt, began to feel the weight of my sin and just how I was treating people and who I was turning into. And, um, you know, just began to realize that, man, I'm never going to find what I'm looking for in this life, ever. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's just a bottomless pit. You just keep falling and falling and falling. And, um, you know, uh, and now looking back, I just, I just praise God that he kept me alive to experience life outside of that. You know, so when I was 34 in October um, of 2015, man, I, I just, some friends had just left my house, um, you know, sitting there on the couch by myself again, you know, and uh, everything, I just really felt the weight of my sin in that moment. And, um, you know, I knew at that time that you know that that life was leading in one direction and um you know that was to be quite frank straight to hell you know and in that moment i realized that and uh you know i repented of my sins and trusted on the lord jesus christ and i tell you uh man in that moment i knew that my life was going to be different and you know and buddy, it has been. Any of my friends, you know, uh, that may listen to this or whatever, man, they can testify, buddy. I was a rough cat. I mean, I was always, you know, I felt like a friendly guy and loved helping people and things of that nature. It was nice to folks, but kind of there towards the end before I got saved, man, I was, uh, I was, I was really angry because just dealing with a lot of uncertainty and why am I not finding this peace that I'm looking for? And that peace was only found in Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, when I got saved, um, that's what I began to understand. And, you know, um, even as a Christian, I battle with depression. You know, early on in, in my walk with Christ, it was, you know, you turn away from a lifestyle, there's a lot of people that come with that lifestyle. And uh, it's very painful sometimes to, you know, to know that you have to walk away from uh, a lot of folks. But, you know, uh, a lot of those folks stood by my side and, and wow, you know, can't believe it. Some of them said, well, I, I don't believe he'll ever make it. You know, uh, well, I'll tell you, salvation is not a contest to see who makes it. 
you know, uh, my heart was changed. My desires changed. I no longer wanted to, you know, um, stay up till five in the morning seeing how drunk I could get or, you know, how high we could get smoking marijuana or whatever. You know, the latest rock band playing was not really a desire of mine. Um, but I did go through a period of depression there early on uh, because I was at home. I was alone. And, um, you know, that really started to set in. But as I began to break open the Word of God, you know, every time prior to that when I tried to read the Bible, it's just like, I don't have any idea. But through that time being, quote, unquote, alone, you know, by myself there at the house, um, again, searching for that peace. And, you know, the Word of God, when I opened the Bible, and, uh, you know, God just began to um, really show me some things. And, and it's just, it's amazing uh, what you can see through His Word and hear, um, you know, uh, when the Holy Spirit illuminates Scripture, it's amazing. And, you know, not perfect. None of us sitting at this table are. Um, but I tell you what, it's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing when I think back on who I was and who I am now in Christ. To be sitting here is, it's unreal. I, I, I should have been dead or in jail or, you know, and only by the grace of God did I survive that lifestyle because it's a very dangerous, reckless lifestyle. And, um, you know, I just I praise God for salvation every day. And, uh, you know, I know that I don't deserve to be sitting here. And, uh, you know, but, but he saw it fit to save me and deliver me from that life. And uh, I just praise him every day for that. And I, I'm grateful for the opportunities that we have here in our church man just a it's a very unique church you know uh, preach truth and and now we're not perfect because we are people you know and uh, but um, it's a very unique body of believers and we really care about each other and uh, we care about you as the listeners and and we care about your souls and you know um, any unbelievers out there, you know, that uh, may be struggling with alcohol or drugs or depression or anything, you know. Um, you know, when, when God intervenes, it will change your life. And, uh, you know, so I just want to encourage folks, uh, you know, that doesn't have to, doesn't have to be over, you know. Um, there were times in my life where, uh, you know, suicidal um, thoughts came into my head because, you know, I never could really achieve what I was trying to get to. And, you know, I'd gotten fired from a job in like 2009. Um, you know, I was watching uh, a preacher on TV one night and uh, in 2009, and he says, hey, repeat this prayer and, you know, you'll be saved. And I repeated that prayer and nothing changed in my life. So from 2009 to 2015, I spent, I really spent some time upset with God because my life wasn't perfect. Um, you know, but is that, it perfect now? No, that, that prayer that I repeated that night had not an ounce of sincerity in it 
Well, you were watching Joe Olstein. Well, I don't remember quite who it was. But... That laugh is infectious. <laughs> I love it. Everybody's fixing to meet Mason Stokes too. After this, he's yeah. next. But oh, yeah, get to meet yeah. the infectious laugh. Old, old man is is done. But uh, man, hey, praise God for salvation. Listen, Amen. I think that's praise the God. most quiet we have been this entire podcast. Yeah, listening to you, that was great. Yeah, really. Well, it's it's all uh, glory to God because this old knucklehead couldn't have, I couldn't have orchestrated anything like that. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I orchestrated was <laughs> just the tragic lifestyle that I was living. Man, uh, it was just awful, um, and it, it was, you know. It's it's so funny because I tell people, you know, a lot of my buddies uh, that I know from like Greer's Ferry and stuff like that, you know, uh, they saw me in that life, you know, and they lived it with me. And now uh, some of those guys have been have been saved as well. So now we can really look back and say, man, we used to, uh, you know, drink and stay up till 5 a.m. Now we get up at 5 a.m. You know, we used to start at 9 o'clock p.m. Now we're, I mean, if people are in bed by 9 p.m., <laughs> it better be something good. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll pass it on to Mr. Eddie Wall, Big Cheese. I will say this before we get to Mason. The old man may be dead spiritually, but the old man physically is still sitting right here in front of us. That was Peepaw, everybody. I'm grateful for Peepaw. Yeah, we know that verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't you go on and speak it for us? How oh, was it? If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Yes. There you go. Uh, That's not done. Finish it. You got all you got out of me. <laughs> He's not talking got. the whole rest the of the old, time. With the old oh, the has passed, passed away, away and behold, the new has come. Behold. Yeah. yeah, and praise God for the new. That's right. Mason Stokes, I, I just kind of introduced you. You oh, introduce yeah. yourself. You're, Can I go back to sleep? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, take a nap, people. Take, take another slurp of coffee so you don't spill it on you. <laughs> introduce me with it. We got to be real careful with that and make sure we got video because people could take that out of context pretty quick. <laughs> That's true. Well, my name's Mason Stokes, and it's the oddest thing. I'm the youngest. I'm only 21. Got to point that out there. So yeah. you respect your elders. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I grew up um, at a wall. If y'all don't know, is probably the smallest town. Nobody that, knows. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> I know when I first came and Stephen asked how far I drove, he was shocked it was an hour. Boy, and never heard of the town. We've got several people here that drive at least an hour, and I'm, they tell me their town, and I'm like, okay. It's absolutely the – yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Christ for you. Uh, I grew up in church. Uh, I can remember being as young as five, being drugged to church with my grandma. Um, the preacher, he was somewhat biblical, I'll say, in the order of salvation – not necessarily in the providence and sovereignty of God, but in how salvation was obtained. Uh, I can just remember being guilt tripped though, because I remember his wife asked me one day, "Did you?" Because I altar call. Um, mm. I went up there. The cattle call. Yes. And I got down on that altar and I cried, and I'll never forget. She came up to me after that service and said, "Did you accept Jesus into your heart?" And I was going to say, "Absolutely," because I was just guilt tripped into it. How could you not ever do that? So going off that, uh, you think you're saved. 
and uh i never changed not one bit so but i was probably 10 when that happened and then later on i eventually got into a baptist church uh probably when i was 12. uh going through that uh same thing just repeat this prayer um no repentance nothing um eventually I met the f- friends that I come with now, the Enoses. Um, it's the oddest thing. I'm going to skip a few years ahead. I was probably sophomore, so about 16 in high school. Uh, me and Jake's wife, Abby, had become really good friends. Um, and her dad was a youth pastor, so I eventually went to their church. And uh, he's pretty he's a pretty good preacher. I'm not going to lie. He's very good in knowing biblical doctrine, but... I was still falsely converted, not knowing the true gospel, never coming to knowledge of it. And uh, now I'm going to backtrack. When I was 13, there was an incident that led me to a huge depression and a huge pornography addiction. Probably, I mean, I don't think I've ever told anybody here about that. I don't think I have. So for me to admit that, it's kind of, sorry about that, kind of big. Uh, you know, and like you, Ryan, you said you chase a feeling. You never achieve it. It's only in Christ. Um, going through that, and it continued straight up until this last year. Uh, for me, uh, once I was 17 and uh, left that church that Abby's dad was a pastor at, and it's just all bad. It just got worse. Depression got worse. The pornography addiction got worse. Eventually got a job to where the people who I worked with were a lot older than me. So you got alcohol in the equation then. And pretty much from 18 to 20, I was the biggest heathen on earth. I'll admit that. I don't think you could have outdone me in any sin. You know, when Paul says, I am the chief of sinners, I'm right there with him. Um, It wasn't until I got my job now that I'm in security, and that was June of 2020. Because before that, if I didn't leave the job I was at, I probably would have, I probably wouldn't be sitting here with you guys. Uh, When I got the new job, I think that's ultimately the providence of God because I went from being in a culture surrounded by sin to being by myself in a room for eight hours. And, you know, uh, everybody had TikTok at that time, I'm sure, in 2020. What's TikTok? I've got a grandfather clock at my house. I go TikTok when I walk. <laughs> well, I'm the youngin', so I squeak a little yeah. bit. I'm the youngin', so we got to remember that. And I came across a preacher, and when he was young, probably one of the most fantastic preachers. I'm not going to name him. Y'all can ask me after this, but it was probably the most convicting sermon I had ever heard of. And uh. Of course, I never pursued going into church. I don't know if I was saved then. I don't think I was. But I think I was on the road to being saved. Uh, eventually, it came March of... No, I take that back. No, no, we're on the right track here. We're on the right track. Sorry. I'm, I don't I'm know ne- why you're looking at me. I don't know what, I don't I'm, know your I've track. never gave this thing in <laughs> full, so... So then, I eventually started going to a church in March of 2020 that said you had to do a certain work in order to be saved. So once again, being guilt-tripped into this. And of course, I went through with it. And uh, it's nothing like cutting your, having a sacrifice of blood or anything. Is it like 
you have to be baptized to oh, yeah. be saved? I mean, I, do you want me to say that? You mean like the Church of Christ? Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, they said, if you aren't baptized, you're not going to heaven. So, of course, still that fear of hell rather than fear of sin mm-hmm. and the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty much, and then ultimately, I had chased Abby and Jake back in high school as far away as I could. I did everything I could to hurt them. And ultimately, it was the oddest thing because I remember after being falsely converted again, again, I just thought to myself, man, what have I done? And I had to apologize to him. It was the hardest thing, looking people in the eye, knowing you've hurt them, mm-hmm. and apologizing to them. And ultimately, in April of 2020, Jake and I started to work together. Uh, and November of 2019, I think he told me, he had become a Calvinist. I was always told <laughs> to stay away from the C-word. <laughs> well, he was in what you would call the cage stage, if you know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So being he was around me, I seen him every day for, and still see him every day, because now we are on the same shift. Good old third shift. Uh, he, being I had never had doctrine, never had any sort of idea of what the word theology meant. Uh, he showed me the pure sovereignty of God with a Bible, nothing extra, just the word of God, mm-hmm. which was something I had earned for, for the longest time because you never got that. I think it's something many churches need to repent of. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're not on scripture, we believe in the term sola scriptura. If we're not on that, then we have no other way to go man's wisdom is foolishness mason's throwing it down from episode oh. one jeez yeah. <laughs> this will be our only episode yeah. <laughs> we're getting canceled uh anyway so i will say in probably may of 2020 i repented for for real and put my faith in jesus christ as the only way of salvation and then in june of 2020 or was it 2021 Yes, we're in 2022, right? Yeah. He looks at you every this, this time. Now. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get, I'm, we're, we're, I'm getting closer to you. We're going to get Mason a uh, calendar, but yes, yeah. this is 22 now. <laughs> so yeah. we're 21. He's tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day for Mason. Uh, June 2021, Jake and I had finally, after I agreed with him, was truly saved. Um, we began to look for a biblical church. And this was the one that popped up along with a Another one that I'm not sure where it is, but this was the first one. And I had reached out to you on Facebook asking you a question. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, well, it was a Father's Day weekend, and Abby's dad is still a pastor. So we were originally all three going to come. Well, they wanted to go see her dad preach that day. So I guess we got stuck by itself coming to a new church, <laughs> not knowing a soul. <laughs> Uh, but thankfully, well, this is the biblical, uh, or not the a biblical church. And I'll never forget, I walked in, and you and Craig welcomed me like I had never been welcomed before. Mm-hmm. You welcomed me with open arms. And I'm very thankful for that. And I'll never forget you coming up to me, the pastor of a church, because this never happened to me, shook my hand and wanted to find me in the crowd. Yeah. I'll never forget that. And what a ride it's been. Yeah. Man, I never thought I'd ever be leading worship songs. Never thought I'd be 
co-leading a class? When we were here last night, we were walking by the classrooms over there in the Family Life Center. I said, it's so weird seeing my name on a door. Oh, man, yeah. you ain't kidding. Oh. Yeah. I was telling Josh, I feel like we're old, but we're the two youngest ones there. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, it's a blessing having you here, my brother. Man, it's, uh, it's been nothing but a ride, and I look up to all five we, of you. Well, we, uh, man, we are inspired by you and just your heart for the Lord and just serving. And I tell you what, I'm really excited to call you friend and brother. Um, it's it's amazing. So yeah, and, and and not only that, the joke earlier, the the big cheese and everything, but that smile and that laugh, yeah. man, it's <laughs> that such one. Your birthday. Birthday. <laughs> that, that's that it. That's the right one. Yeah. yeah, such an encouragement, you know, to us. Um, and it's you know, it's amazing the changes that that God has made when you stand on the Bible yes. and the the people Absolutely. that He has brought here that are looking for truth. Yes. And his sheep will hear truly his voice. seeking his out truth. Yeah. It's it's been an absolutely incredible to see and and uh you know we've we've had our hard times um and we but we've we've been so blessed by the people mm-hmm. that have come in and uh and we just keep doing it, keep preaching the word and that's the main thing, we stand on the Bible. And and that, you know, when people welcome you, it's sincere, man. Oh man. You know. Yeah, we heard a noise, so that's why everybody's looking kind of crazy. I'm going to blame Joe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Stephen Dude. Well, I guess we'll go over to me, huh? So we'll kind of end it with uh, the worst shall be last kind of thing or something like that. They say the best, but I don't know if it's Ah, applicable for this one. It's not applicable for this one. Uh, (laughs) I won't won't belabor my testimony much. Uh, I am Stephen Dew, preaching pastor here at South Carolina Baptist Church. Honored and thankful to be here, especially sitting around these godly men and uh, men that have held me accountable, that have loved me and my family well. Uh, Just thank thank them for that. But uh, I was kind of like you in church my whole life, you know, kind of kind of raised up in church every time the church doors were open uh i was there and i I tell often uh tell the story often that how many times i've heard the gospel you know we had back then it was sunday school sunday morning worship discipleship training evening worship and then you had wednesday night classes so you got five times a week right there where you're hearing the bible and and i'm thankful that my parents had me in a church uh where Brother Jim Varnon was the preacher, and I didn't realize it at the time, but the the man was sound in theology, and he was very biblical. And uh, I remember uh, one Sunday morning when I was probably 13 years old, maybe a little younger, uh, I walked the aisle, so to speak, and mm-hmm. said, you know, I need to be saved, and I didn't know what I was doing. I just felt that I don't want to go to hell type thing. You know, I, I didn't even listen to the sermon that morning. I couldn't tell you what what he said. I, I just knew that I didn't want to go to hell. So I, I walked the aisle and, and of course people can't tell when you're sincere, right? They can't tell when you're truly saved or when you're not. So I, I thought that I was saved for a couple of years and then fast forward to a youth camp. And, you know, if you've ever been to a youth camp on the beach, there's always the fire on the last night. A youth camp on the beach. Yeah. Hey, we went to the what beach, baby. This? Yeah. <laughs> you just got one. They go to Panama, Panama, Panama City, City Beach. Yep. And, uh, we go to the bow to view. <laughs> the mighty, mighty, muddy waters of the Cash River. <laughs> Get baptized in the ocean. Oh man! So I was. Of course, everybody, everybody on the last night, you know, their their tears falling out of them, like the waterworks are happening. Everybody's super spiritual on the last night of camp, you know. And 
I don't know if y'all have ever been to one of those, but that's what it was. And I rededicated my life. You know, oh, I hate that word. Rededicated. Really? Uh, you know, that's a super biblical word. <laughs> you got to walk the aisle again, or in this case, you got to walk through the fire to get to the rededication process. I don't know what it was, but uh, rededicated my life. They'll set out the burning coals for yeah, you. Yeah, rededicated my life that evening. And so uh, re- just to be clear, you rededicated a life that wasn't dedicated. In the yes, first that's place. exactly Interesting. right. Interesting. I, I rededicated works. a life that was not dedicated in the first place. So here I have this false sense of hope, this false conversion that that uh, you know I was holding on to and my life was poor to say the least um uh we'll get into an episode of this I'm sure but kind of spiraled into a, a pornography addiction as well um and all sorts of other things and and my life just wasn't getting any better I, I really had no desire to go to church I had no desire to read the bible you know all of these things that you're supposed to do as a believer I didn't do and I didn't have the desires so uh, fast forward, uh, just to, uh, now I'm older, I'm 20 years old or so, maybe maybe even 21, I can't remember how old I was at this time, but I had met Kayla, we had been, we'd been dating for a while, and, and I started going to her church, that's where I met her, because I, we were, I was a drummer in a band, and I, we played her youth camp where she was a counselor, and uh, I was like, man, who is that? She's really pretty, and of course, at this time, I'm unsaved, playing in a Christian band, I look like... Wolfman Jack. I mean, I've got <laughs> long hair, a super huge beard. All of it was black then. And I remember asking a friend of mine who was an adult, actually, said, uh, who is that? She's really pretty. And he goes up to her and says, hey, there's a guy in the band that would like to maybe go to a movie with you or something sometime. She's like, ooh, who? They're all like 40. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> a Wolfman Jack over there. Oh, Wolfman <laughs> the Jack. drummer. And she was like, oh, okay. Ooh. So... You shaved the beard the next day? You know what? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't even talk to me that night. And uh, I, I was like, I'm coming to y'all's church Sunday morning. So a few days go by. I got a haircut. I got shaved. And they did this welcome time, right? And then I'm just kind of looking around. I don't know anybody there hardly, maybe one or two people. And I turn around, and she's got her hand out standing right in front of me. When I'm, I'm like, oh, hey. She's like, are you not going to shake my hand? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shake your hand. So You're why I'm here. You're, yeah, you're, not, you're why I got a haircut. Um, shaved my face. Yeah, so we started talking that night and uh, that day, and we had, we've talked every day since. We got married. But it was going to that church, and the pastor is still there. Scott Witcher is uh, just an amazing man of God, still preaching the truth. Um, and we were in a Sunday school class. And I was too old to be in the Sunday school class because Kayla was still young enough to be there, right? But they were letting me stay anyway, and it's all part of God's sovereignty. I was sitting in there, and the teacher asked a simple question, one that I could have answered a hundred times over if I was ever asked. But all of a sudden, she said, guys, what do y'all think heaven is truly going to be like? And I got this uncomfortable, weird feeling about me. And I started sinking down into my chair. And I'm like, oh, please don't call on me. I don't want to know. I don't want to have to answer this question because this is, I just started this, this internal feeling of, man, something's going on. I don't like it. I remember just this feeling all throughout church that day. I remember Kayla came over to the house, had lunch with us, with me and my family that afternoon. We were talking and I was trying to tell her what was going on. And she says, Stephen, I don't think you're saved. And I was like, What? And then it was just like in that moment, God revealed to me that I was lost, that I truly wasn't saved. And I remember we had a Super Bowl party at the church that night. I went back and um, 
the Sunday school teacher, I told her what was going on in my life. And she said, let's go find Johnny, which was the youth pastor, another godly dude. And he's like, man, let's go in this room and talk. So I started sharing with him everything that was going on. And he was like, man, I tell you what, you can't repeat a prayer. I can't pray it for you. You have to repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember the room hadn't been finished yet, and it was a concrete floor. I remember laying on that floor just face down, just just crying. Like the, I mean, the tears have nothing to do with salvation. But I remember the brokenness I felt over my sin for the first time ever. And I truly repented of my sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ that night. Now, I got up from there. I'm like, oh, man, it feels like, you know, freedom. I'm like Mel Gibson in, in uh, Braveheart, you know, holler, <laughs> freedom. <laughs> but, 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 you know, nothing, nothing really, I mean, there was change there, but it didn't happen quickly because I still had so much baggage and so much sin that I was hanging on to that, that through sanctification that, that God finally started working out in my life, ended up, man, just really going to hear solid biblical preaching. Thank God for that, which I had all my life. I just hadn't realized it. I ended up planting a church with Johnny, who was the youth pastor at the time, solid dude, biblical dude, started learning these core doctrines and these doctrines from the Bible that weren't shoved on me, that weren't cage stage people. It was just, Hey, let's read the Bible. And you're going to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never had those cage stagey people in my life. And I, I, and to my knowledge, I've never been cage stage because when you start talking about Calvinism and, and, and God's sovereignty and things like that, I remember wrestling with it. And <laughs> I had a dude almost try to fight me over Calvinism one time. I was like, there's no way, man. And he was like, it's in the Bible. And I'm like, dude, are we really fixing a fight at a men's devotional? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he's fighting over doctrine. But I remember being there and wrestling with doctrine, you know, and, and man, God just revealed his word to me the way I understand it, interpret it through scripture. We know that scripture interprets scripture. Those things we'll get into as we move forward. But uh, through that, I became a, a music leader and then a youth pastor and then an associate pastor and then ultimately a lead pastor. And that's what brought me here to Jonesboro. I went for, I was born and raised in Northeast Mississippi, ended up in Nashville for a time. And then over here to the, the flatlands over here in the Delta of Jonesboro, Arkansas. And I could tell you, I will tell you, my wife said the last place I would ever live is probably Arkansas. I don't ever want to go to Arkansas. I'll never live there. And she had a good reason for that, too. Yeah. And uh, so we're here, and now she loves it, and she loves our church, our people. Like y'all have already said over and over, love. You know, brothers and sisters that are truly loving one another. We all have our ups and downs, but we go through them together. You know what I mean? And it's not like anybody's cast out on an island. It's like we really want to encourage each other. We want to spur one another along. So uh, that's kind of a, a short testimony of mine. But I just want to ask you all a question as we're winding down. How many of you, when you were truly converted, when you were truly saved, actually walked an aisle? No. Not me. That, no. That, that's interesting. I, I did. You I did. did. Yeah, but I, but, I actually did at the end of a service um, because I knew what had happened. You know, yeah. and... Um, I knew it wasn't the walking the aisle that saved me. I knew right. that I was saved there in my seat. Yeah. And I knew that God he was God was talking through that pastor to me at that moment and that I was repenting of my sins and I and and he was going to change my life. Right. Right then and there. Yeah. And uh and it was very clear. And and to the pastor at the time's credit, um, loved Melvin, he made sure too. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just, okay, you walk the aisle, so it's got to be true. It was, let's go talk about this and make sure, especially as a young child, you know, 12 year old, 
um, still a young child. Let's make sure you really understand right. what you're what you're saying instead and, of just and throwing and you down on you're the doing what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. instead of just oh good, you chalk another you one up right. on the on the list. You didn't and, just and, become a number. And that's absolutely. I actually wrote that when you were talking just a second ago. Uh, uh, you know, people can't tell sincerity. We can't. Uh, we're good at tricking people into believing that that we're sincere when we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we continue to preach the gospel. Yeah. And it's so important that we continue to preach the gospel, even to people we know, we quote, know to be saved. Yeah. We continue to preach the gospel because we don't know their heart. Um, we can see now there, there's proof, there's evidence in people's lives, um, you know, but but we we don't know until <laughs> in, unless we know. And um, and it's just massively important that we continue to preach the gospel, even to believers. It's encouraging. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it's some it, of the most exciting news that we could hear as Christians. Absolutely. I don't, you know, you've said this plenty of times from the pulpit. I mean, we should never get tired of hearing the gospel. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely. the only reason we're going to be in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a new life. Why should yeah. we ever get tired of that? And I feel like it's also humbling to hear it. Because I feel like if you don't hear it sometimes, you can begin to think, I did this, mm-hmm. I did that. No, yeah. it's all God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Hearing the gospel truly preached is a delight to the heart of every believer yeah. and is what saves those who are not believers, which is why, and you've said this a million times with the pulpit, and I'm pretty sure, Stephen, this is why every church service at, around the world should have the gospel incorporated to some degree or another, whether it's the full thing front to back, um, like the entire sermon is just sharing the gospel or a heavy emphasis on the gospel at some point in the sermon, it has to be there. Yeah. I think anytime the church meets, it should go forth. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. And you've said that a million times. I I think everybody here at this table agrees too. Mm -hmm. Everybody at this table needs to hear preach the gospel to themselves daily. Absolutely. Amen, Absolutely. brother. Sometimes hourly. Yeah. <laughs> Depending yes. on the day. Well, You're right. Sanctification is a tough process, but, man, that, you know, uh, that news should never get old to us. Right. No. Because we, we do know the bad news and who we were, but we know the good news and, and who we are now uh, only in Christ. Mm-hmm. With that being said, why don't uh, we end this episode, and I'll say this, this is probably going to be one of the longer episodes you'll hear just because we were uh, kind of going through each it's of our It's only testimony. been 85 minutes. Oh, that's not as bad as I thought. About an hour and a half. Yeah. So why don't we do this? As we Do we have any final thoughts, anybody? Because I want to end a certain way, and you probably guess. Anybody have any final thoughts, comments? I feel like if, I, if I say what I was wanting to say, I'm going to take away what you were about to say. Well, uh, I tell you, this is the way I want to end it, is somebody give us a quick gospel presentation for someone that's maybe listening that is struggling with alcohol and know they're an unbeliever or somebody that's struggling with pride or uh, maybe, they, maybe they claim to be an atheist or maybe they have been hurt by a church or maybe just the unbelievers and, maybe, and, and even for the believers in, that are listening or watching on YouTube that, that need to hear it as well. I, I want to let one of you guys do it uh, because I, I do it a lot. And uh, I think it'd be good for you guys. Well, I think, I think first, you know, we, we have to start with the bad news, you know, uh, that we are sinners, uh, you know, and bound straight for hell. 
you know, uh, and that's very real, you know, um, and dead in our trespasses as unbelievers, you know. Um, but the good news is that Jesus came. He lived a perfect and sinless life, uh, died on the cross, was buried, and was raised again on the third day. And uh, he ascended and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And uh, one day he is coming back um, to judge the living and the dead. So, uh, you know, if you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Uh, it is not um, the walking of an aisle, the praying of a prayer. Obviously, yes, people have been saved in those instances. Uh, we don't want to take away from that because it's the gospel that saves. But the true gospel uh, should go forth. And, you know, uh, if you truly repent, um, obviously God changes your heart and uh, takes out that heart of stone, gives you a heart of flesh, and, uh, you know, changes your desires. Uh, but the true gospel is that, uh, that Jesus came, lived, uh, died and buried, raised again, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And is coming back. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, are you ready? You know? Ready so. or not. Are you ready before the fire falls? That's the sermon tomorrow, before the fire falls, because judgment is coming. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably get into the microphone next time, buddy. Oh, I meant to. <laughs> yeah. do it like that. Okay. So if you're out there and you're an unbeliever, repent of your sin because you are a sinner and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He came and he lived. He lived a perfect life. He died the death you deserve. He died the death we deserve. He was buried and three days rose again. He ascended on high and he is seated at the right hand of God. And as we've already mentioned, one day is coming back to judge the living and the dead. Uh, that's everybody. Mm -hmm. So if you have any questions about that or comments or want to want to dive deeper into salvation or anything you have, uh, we do have an email address. It's thefoundrypod at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, T-H-E-F-O-U-N-D-R-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. That's some good spelling. I am the, very proud of that. I was North so Miss, trying to make sure I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> the Northeast Foundry Pod. Mississippi spelling. Yeah, that North Mississippi education. Um, we got a Facebook page if they want to join there and follow fa us. Facebook page, the Christian Foundry Podcast, YouTube as well. And uh, we, we, uh, we're going to try to get this content out to you pretty regularly. Yeah. And leave us a comment on Facebook, YouTube. Whenever you see or hear this, let us know. Leave us a review or something like yeah. that. Give us some options and some ideas of what you want to hear. I was able just to write down a few things as these guys were talking about some things that we can talk about. And I've got here depression, drinking, abortion. Uh, are there true atheists in light of Romans chapter 1? Worship. We can talk about eschatology, the church, ministry, doctrinal divisions, music, pornography, all of those things. And uh, if we get into some mature content like pornography, we will make sure to put a Absolutely, disclaimer yeah. on the front of that just so little ears may may not want to hear some of those things. You may want to screen it before they do. But, um, but the message of the good news needs to be heard. And, and you know, all of those things, people, it's, it's raw and real, man. That's uh, right. you know. Yeah, that's a huge part because a lot of the times in church when I was growing up, they edited it out. And yeah. it doesn't seem, it yeah. just doesn't have that feeling that right. it's real. We need yeah. to talk about these real it's, things because yeah. life is real. Absolutely. And the consequences of not believing in Christ are Hell real. Hell is very real. Very yeah. real. Uh, like, what would it look like in Sunday school if they taught that uh, everybody that didn't get on the ark, yeah, they drowned? Yeah. 
Or what about if David, if they, if they didn't stop with David slung a stone and killed Goliath, but they added, oh yeah, but he also chopped off his he head and carried it around for a while. Yeah. So well, you've I mean, talked about it plenty of times. If they made a movie, an oh. actual movie based on the Bible, Woo, what rating is that going to have? Oh, yeah. Lore TV. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug Lore TV right here. If you're listening, please, somebody make a movie about this. You're probably not, but you may be. I'm going to tag Lore TV in this when it goes live. Make a movie about some of these Old Testament things and stories. And sponsor yeah, the full, the full story. Sponsors. Not the children's church version. <laughs> sponsor us. Shall I pray to close us? Man, that's not a bad idea. We didn't talk about closing this thing. We just talked about yeah. how we were going to open it. So, If yeah. you're driving, keep your eyes open. Yeah, don't close yeah. your eyes. <laughs> Let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we are so grateful, uh, Lord, uh, for this time you've given us to come together, uh, Lord, as brothers in Christ. And, uh, God, such a special time of, of sharing our testimonies. But, God, our testimonies are not the gospel. Uh, so, God, I just uh, pray that people take away... Uh, the most beautiful message uh, that they could take away. Uh, Lord, as we discuss uh, what our lives were like, uh, God, we are so grateful uh, that our lives are not that way anymore um, in your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you uh, again for this opportunity uh, where we can, uh, hopefully, you use us, Lord, to reach a lot of people for your glory, not ours. Uh, God, we thank you so much and uh, just ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Amen.